Hi, I'm TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And I ask that you like, share, and comment on this video. Thanks for watching. All I got to say is, who that? Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones. And yes, I am the host of the State of the Saints podcast. Thank you all so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast, where we talk New Orleans Saints. Uh, thank you for choosing the State of the Saints podcast. Shouts out to everybody in the chat. Shouts out to everybody listening around the country, around the world. Um, I feel like it's been a minute since I did an episode. I Man, it's been like what last thursday or something like that has been absolutely crazy man trying to balance uh what's going on at the radio station and i'm trying to grow some grass i'm putting some seeds down in my yard and then man had a real bad rainstorm but uh thank you all so much for being here really do appreciate it uh we're going to continue our talks about the mock draft uh we've been uh talking a little bit about it we've uh covered uh four rounds of the NFL draft and where the Saints could go. Uh, today, uh, we're going to be focusing on uh, round number five. Uh, and before I get started, I want to go ahead and do a, a quick recap for those that may not have been here. Uh, this is uh, a little bit of a recap here, uh, the mock draft. Uh, in the first round, I had the Saints uh, taking Nolan Smith, the edge rush out of Georgia. Round number two, Drew Sanders, linebacker out of Arkansas. Round number three, we have Kenny McIntosh running back out of Georgia. And uh, in the fourth round, we had Clayton Toon, a quarterback out of Houston. So um, that's just a little quick recap for all those that may not have been here, may not have seen uh, the last couple episodes of the State of the Saints podcast. But there you have it. Uh, if you're looking at this, you think that I have some type of obsession with Red. <laughs> I was uh, I was putting this uh, together and I was like, man, every, every guy that I, I said the same was going to draft has uh, the color red on for some apparent reason, different variations of red, but has nothing to do with that. I mean, if you look at all of these guys, you know, all these guys uh, can 
contribute right away uh, in a big way for the exception of Clayton Toon, a guy who I feel like is extremely smart and uh, a, a guy that kind of fits that mold of what the Saints want uh, in a quarterback, you know, as far as like the way that he actually plays of the position and also some of his uh, ability to improvise outside of the pocket. So there you go. That's that's the the four uh, guys that that I said that the Saints would uh, go after in the first of uh, you know, four rounds in the NFL draft. And now we move on to the fifth round. Now, if you've been following the New Orleans Saints, uh, you know that the New Orleans Saints have two fifth-round picks. They have uh, the 146th pick, and then they have the 165th overall that they acquired uh, from the Philadelphia Eagles uh, via the trade for C.J. Gardner-Johnson. But if you have been following episode number one, you know that I had the New Orleans Saints moving up to acquire Nolan Smith and one of those fifth round picks were uh, given to uh, the New England Patriots, you know, in order for them to move up with, you know, with a combination of, you know, the 29th pick and a, a, a pick in next year's draft. So I'm asking everybody if you have not checked out part one to check it out and I have it out in full detail. So one of those fifth round picks won't be there. So the Saints will only have one fifth round pick. And with that, I got the Saints in round number five taking Bryce Ford Wheaton, the wide receiver out of West Virginia, 62 catches, 675 yards, seven touchdowns, second team, all Big 12. And as you can see right here, man, this dude is the absolute truth. Six foot four, 221 pounds, according to his combine. He ran like a 4-3 uh, at the combine. So this is a guy that, that's big. He's physical. And one thing that I liked about Bryce Ford Wheaton is – his ability to hand fight off the line of scrimmage. You know, a lot of guys, you know, they got that speed, you know, but they they count on their speed in order for them to get that separation off the line. This guy is big, he's physical, and um, he can he can run away from people. He definitely can. And also, he can help you out when it comes to the red zone. Like, if, if this guy gets into the right system, he can be that Michael Thomas type receiver that you need him to be. A lot of the qualities that he has – reminds me of Michael Thomas, maybe for the exception of the speed. But if you notice, man, the, the quarterback is just putting the ball up there, 50-50 balls, good ball placement, and, I mean, just good just good body control by this guy. You know, and I, I've, I've been absolutely enamored by him since, you know, I, I had opportunity to kind of, you know, see him, you know, as, as a person, you know what I'm saying, like interact with other people. Uh, you know what I'm saying? He's the type of guy – that, that has like really good qualities. Seem like he's gonna be a really good uh, teammate. And um, like I said, I just like, I, I just like what he has to bring to the table. And no matter what the Saints decide to do with Michael Thomas, if you get this guy like like this in in your system, I feel like he can do some really big things. You you already got your number one and, and your number two receivers wherever you want to place it with Chris Olave and Michael Thomas wherever you want to put it at this point. But you also can bring in a guy like this that can learn, you know, from a guy like Michael Thomas, that can learn, you know, from a guy uh, like Brian Edwards, you know, who is also on the team. But I just think that this this dude can be a really good player. And uh, in the right situation, I think that he can give you uh, something, you know, that is special. Now, when we look at the fifth round, I think people need to understand, if you find somebody that is a number one guy in the fifth round, then your, your scouts are doing an outstanding job. If you're getting guys that get drafted in the fifth, sixth, and seventh round and they are making a team, 
your scouts are doing a really good job. So a guy like Bryce Ford Whedon, I'm not looking for him to get 100 catches. I'm not looking for this guy to go out there and be giving you 13, 1,400 yards a year. Now, that would be great if he did, but I, I do feel like, you know, him being in a fifth round, he can be that middle-of-the-pack guy, maybe be a chain mover for you. If you need a big body in, in the red zone, he can be that for you uh, coming in a fifth round. Now, he is a little bit of a work in progress, man. There, there's some, like, even though he's fast, it, it seems like to me like he he's, he he suffers with, you know, his ability to separate from individuals. Like, I, I like the fact that, you know, if he's doing some hand fighting, he's a larger receiver. So, you know, he's going to be able to get off the line of scrimmage with, you know, with that strength that he has and that ability. So that's that's a plus right there. If you can work on this guy, you know, ability to be able to use the speed that he has, and, and capitalize on that. I mean, I think that he can be a really good, a, a really good down the field threat. And not to mention, you know, his vertical is is off the chains as well. So there's a lot of things that you can do with a guy like Bryce Ford Whedon. And I think that he could be a really good find in the fifth round. I think that some teams may be willing to pass on him because of uh, some of the things that he he deals with. Uh, but the Saints, to me, bringing this guy in. I think that what his skill set is as of right now can be beneficial and he can slowly work on some of the things that he needs to uh, build on. The Saints already have receivers that I feel like can kind of pick up the slack. But this guy, to me, once again, like you put him in the right system, you get him with those receivers, I think that he can be a really good uh, receiver, good addition to the New Orleans Saints team. So I'm going Bryce for Wheaton. In round number five. Um, but that's just a quick recap, ladies and gentlemen, uh, for the first five rounds. Uh, I, I think that Bright Ford Whedon would be a good find in round number five. But let me go ahead and read some of your comments and then we'll go ahead and go from there. Let's see. Uh, jazz sessions with TJ. Uh, what is it? Uh, who you be with? Who that? Happy Easter. Yeah, man. Happy Easter, everybody. Hope everybody had a good Easter weekend. You know, I had a really good weekend. Um, I ended up, um, like I said, um, being it. Being inside for most for the most part because it, it rained out here in South Carolina uh, quite a bit, you know. So I was mostly inside uh, throughout the whole entire weekend. But you know, I was able to work on some of my uh, editing skills. <clears throat> I did a little photo shoot with Paxton. Um, you know, I, I did like a little picture and you know put a little background. So I mean, it was it was a pretty fun weekend. Spent a lot of time with with Paxton this weekend. Didn't really do too much of anything. Hope everybody had a good one so far, though. Let's see. Uh, I got the Saints taking TJ Jones as a podcast. Well, you know, I've been doing this for going on year number six, so I appreciate that. I'm, I'm a seasoned veteran by now. <laughs> but thank you for the $2, Josh. Uh, let's see. He says West Bank, baby. Yeah, shouts out to everybody that resides on the West Bank from the West Bank. And shouts out to Jefferson Parish. Uh, TJ, my guy, what's good? Hey, everything's fine, man. Everything's great. Happy to be here. Uh, Jerry says he's here. He says he hope everyone had a good weekend. Rather you do Easter and not hope all is well. Yeah, I man, I hope everybody had a good weekend as well. You know, like I said, I mean, Easter is always a, a fun weekend. Always a lot of things going on. Uh, everybody waiting on the on the other page, TJ. Um, I'm not not sure exactly what we're talking about there. What other page we're referring to? Um. But that's that's basically that's basically uh, the the guy that I had as far as the um, the wide receiver Bryce for a Wheaton. You know, I think, like I said, I I think that the New Orleans Saints 
are pretty good uh, at the wide receiver position, but I don't. I, I feel like you still have to make sure that you have enough depth. Like the last couple of years, we really seen the New Orleans Saints suffer at the wide receiver position when it comes to injuries. These injuries have been plaguing the New Orleans Saints for I don't know how long. And um, you know, I just think that you know you you got to be able to have a, a backup plan because it has shown you that the guys that you have had available have not been been able to stay healthy throughout the entire season. So adding more depth and guys that can make plays, uh, you know, young guys that can come in and contribute, uh, I think that that is a plus. And like I said, in the fifth rounds, the sixth rounds, the seventh rounds, those are the rounds that I feel like if if you have if you find a guy that makes the team and he's making an impact, that's a testament to your, your scouting department. That's a testament to all the guys that work hard, that's burning the midnight oil to find those diamonds uh, in the rough. Uh, but I just think that when you look at the New Orleans Saints and what they have been doing this past offseason, you're, what you're seeing is a team that is trying to make sure that they add depth and also uh, draft and sign uh, positions of need. And I, I think that that's extremely smart. And, and when you do that, you know, when you're signing guys that, that, you know, that you need as far as positions, uh, you can go out here and you can find somebody or you can kind of splurge a little bit. So, I like the fact that the Saints have addressed positions right away, but it's also given us, you know, a lot of unanswered questions when it comes to uh, the draft. But it's a good thing, right? Because everything else would just be a plus, you know, it'd just be, you know, something that you add on. Guys don't have to really just come in and just contribute just right away and just have to knock your socks off. You know, they can kind of gradually come in, uh, you know, do their thing. Uh, be an impactful player and also learn and develop because you don't have that pressure of being the savior of a franchise. You know, you look at the first round pick, rather they move up to get a guy like Nolan Smith or they wait at number 29 and get someone else. There's no one that's coming in that we're looking at like, man, this guy's going to be the savior of the franchise. And I think it has a lot to do with the fact that it has a lot to do with the fact that you, you have a bunch of guys that are on a team that can make plays and that can do big things right now. So I think that that's a really good thing for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, let's see. Already read that one, but feel free to um, feel free to put your uh, comments in, in in the chat. What I'm gonna do is I'll just go ahead and I open up the phone lines right now. I haven't done this in a while, but uh, I want to know what you all think. You know what the Saints' uh, direction, what they need to do. Uh, as far as uh, going to these rounds, uh, what do you feel like the Saints should do? Uh, we're we're focusing on one on rounds one through five. Okay, six and seven would be other episodes ahead. So, um, I just basically recapped like the rounds that I did. So, if you want to kind of chime in, tell me what you think the Saints need to do in the first round, or some of these other rounds that we addressed, uh, whether you agree or you disagree, feel free to uh, chime in. We'd love to hear from you. Says the Vikings would have won if they would have played y'all instead of the Giants. Um, I, I don't I don't know if they would have won or not, you know, to be honest with you. Uh, I think that, yeah, if you're looking at it from a history, historical standpoint, uh, yeah, the Vikings have been the Achilles heel over the last five to six years for the Saints. But um, I think that the Saints, I, I think that because how they played them in London, I think that they will have better experience. And um, it wasn't like, it was a lot of mistakes that the Saints made in that game versus the Vikings in London. You know, I, I think that the the ability to be able to run the football, 
Uh, there was some some plays that they didn't capitalize on. I don't know if it would have been a, a different story. You know, I, it wasn't like Kirk Cousins was out there lighting it up. You know, like for some apparent reason, Kirk Cousins seemed to always light it up against the New Orleans Saints. Uh, you know, but not not that particular time. It seemed like they kind of had him, you know, at bay. But uh, well, when it comes to the Vikings, you know, I think this is Kirk Cousins. I think this might be like his his last little moment to shine. Like it's rather it's put up a shut up time. I mean, Kirk Cousins is probably, you know, to me, he probably got the best agent in all of football because I ain't never seen nobody play as average as he is and just make as much money as he has throughout his entire career. Like this dude making like <laughs> like top quarterback money and about as average as a C plus. I don't understand how how that happens, but I mean, shots out to his agent. Everybody wish they could have an agent like Kirk Cousins has. But we're going to go ahead and go go to uh, Chosen. Chosen, how you doing, man? What's going on, Tim? Been a while, man. How you doing? Yeah, yeah it's been all right, man. Uh, it, how you been? Oh, man, I've been doing pretty good, bro. Um, a lot of drastic changes. Um, good, good drastic changes, though, man. I'm um moving better positions career-wise as far as jobs. I just got off a job for the state that I've been mm-hmm. trying to get for a very long time, so I'm good with that. Your boy finally finna get them benefits. Oh, man, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah, it's man. always good to um, have them benefits, that medical and that dental, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes, um, as my uh, grandmother would say, I am blind as a bat, so I definitely, yeah. need, I definitely need that. And uh, started my podcast, bro. Finally got it with Spotify that I'm launching. You know, we talked about it like a year or so back when I was uh, trying to get it together. So right, finally right. getting all the legal work and all the, the, the paperwork behind it, finally getting it going, bro. Got the TikTok jumping. Got the music jumping. I just been taking this time, bro, and just trying to get my myself as a brand, you know what I'm saying, lately, bro, and, and then still trying to keep up with Saints football. Just So I'm just taking advantage of this offseason and mm-hmm. just doing my little part because I know once football season come in, bro, everything get put on the back burner. Right. <laughs> you know yeah, pretty saying? much, man. It, it's a good thing, man. Uh, congratulations to you. Just can continue to press and continue to work hard, man, and, oh, yeah. you know, you will definitely get the results that you want. Yes, sir. But uh, about these things, man, Um, I really don't have any complaints about it because honestly, Tim, if y'all know me in the chat, I always say, I always be asking what's going on in the college world. I'm just now starting to follow college football, so a lot of mm-hmm. these guys y'all be recommending, I have to go do my research. Like like, like you, I'm a bit of a historian. Mm-hmm. I like to go do research. I like to go mm-hmm. and see what was there before me, see what I missed, and then All I right. get my opinion. Um, so a lot of these guys, I went back. It's not bad picks, not bad picks, but I would say for the Saints coming up, I would like for us to really focus more on that left tackle, left guard, bro, if we could. Because like mm-hmm. I said, I like pinning, and um, and I like our line, but you know we tend to get hurt a little bit, bro. And also, I wouldn't mind if we get an extra, like you said, an extra receiver, like Bryce, whether if it's Full Wheaton or any other these guys, um. Coming out, I'm liking some of the Ohio State guys who that's mm-hmm. and uh, you know, we like Ohio State players, right? But uh, I say anybody else that can go and you know, what I'm saying I guess help along with a lot of it because we, like I said before, we seen him go down, so right. and you know, we know he's not the biggest one in the room, he still gotta have a little more weight, you know what I'm saying? And right, so I just figured we should get another Alave type, or if you want to go another big body receiver. I'm cool with that, but I definitely want us to focus more on receiver and that left guard, left tackle kind of, mm-hmm. you know, just just little pieces like that. But other than that, man, I have no arguments. I think everything else pretty much, for the most part, solidified. Um, but yeah, uh, oh, and that D line, that D line, yeah. uh, uh, the interior. It don't have to be a guy that can give you 
double digit sacks, which would be good. But like I say, man, we had five or seven compared with three guys. If we get one person to give us five, I basically say we winning. <laughs> right. point, if one person could give us three, four, five, we winning. Because I mean, right. year, my goodness, bro, it was bad. So I just yeah. want us to go ahead and capitalize on those positions we need. Focus more on the O line. I know everybody gets they roll their eyes when we talk about O line, but y'all don't realize, bro, that O line make or break a team, bro. Like, yep, it, you can have all the talent, but if they ain't got no time to do nothing. If that quarterback running for his life, we ain't gonna see nothing, you know. Right. That O line is that engine, bro. So mm-hmm. I, I I feel like we just need to focus on that, man. I'm gonna let you rebuttal. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, look, I, I think that look, the reason why I'm I'm looking at like some of these wide receivers. When you look at guys like uh, Shahid and you look at guys like Alave, now mm-hmm. Alave ended up doing what the Saints really honestly didn't want him to do a- in year one. I-, I I think when the Saints signed Jarvis Landry and they end up, you know, having Michael Thomas, they were looking for Chris Alave to be that take the top off the defense type receiver down, throw the ball down the field for Jameis Winston. But right. when you had Landry get hurt and you had Michael Thomas get hurt, he, you know. It, it, the best thing about all this is Chris Olave is an above average route runner, you know, so he was able to like, you know, get in those little soft spots in order for him to, you know, make these catches. But the reality is the Saints need that big body receiver. You know, I, I dubbed them the three and out boys for a reason. It was the right. fact that they, you know, they didn't have their third down guy, that guy that you can trust. I, I, right. I talk about guys like Anquan Bowden and Willie Snead and all these guys like, you know, people don't really get these guys credit, but when it's third down and five, man, you know you got a dog that's going to get you that first down that's going to find that soft spot. That's a plus. And yeah. when you have a guy like – and I also look at guys like Coasting. Like, Coast, they use a line coasting up in the slot. You know what I'm saying? A move to change. You need that type of guy at the wide receiver position. You want speed. Yeah, you want guys to take top off defense, but – you also want some guys that's going to be able to win some of these this some of this hand fighting too, man. Because if, if a mm-hmm. cornerback is jamming you at the line of scrimmage, you need a big physical guy. Like I love hearing the story about when Sean Payton talked about how he lined up against Michael Thomas and Michael Thomas jammed his hand. You know what I'm saying? Because how strong he is. Sometimes you need those big physical receivers. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's why I'm all, I'm looking for those possession guys. No disrespect to Michael Thomas, but I need to see this. For a full season, it's been a minute, you know. And then yeah, you can also thanks. look at guys like Brian Elwes, who hey, I got a lot of respect for. I mean, he's like he's from this area. Everybody, you know, what I'm saying crazy every time I talk about you know me talking about the Saints, they always talk about Brian Elwes because he went to school not too far from here. But I need to see that, you know, like. But I want to see somebody that's going to be a possession receiver that's going to be able to move the chains, that's going to be that dog in the slot when you need him to be and be able to win that matchup against some of those smaller slot corners. So that's the reason why I'm looking at it. I think the Saints got speed. Like, Shahid, you got speed. Mm-hmm. Chris Olave, oh, yeah. you got some you speed. Got, got speed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then, you know, you add on, like, maybe a, a, a maybe a guy that's probably going to be an undrafted guy. Like, I'm looking at this guy named uh, Derek Davis out of TCU. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's probably going to be, like, a special teams guy. The Saints probably can acquire. He may not even get drafted. Yeah, he ran the fastest 40, but I don't know if he's going to get drafted tonight. He still leaves a lot to be desired. But there are so many different guys that can go out there and, and that you can acquire, man. But I'm more focused on these possession guys because there was an issue moving the chains yeah. on third down. And we know that, you know, if you look at Derek Carr and you look at his history chosen, mm-hmm. he likes to utilize the middle of the field. Like, he, yeah. he likes to, like, check it down to the running back. He kill his own. 
yeah, he kills exactly. he's his own killer. <laughs> exactly. You know, like that's that's the reason why, you know, you you had Waller, he was eating. Yeah, I mean, so many of the, like the, the tight ends and stuff like that pretty much eat. But I mean, it's good to have a guy like Jawan Johnson, but you also need a possession receiver as well. And, so and that's and that was I gonna make a few more points while so I let you get out of here, get the rest mm-hmm. of the callers. Um I, I know you mentioned Elwes. It's funny you say that I was trying to do my little homework on him last night. I don't know too much about him, so I'm glad you kind of um, you know, brought him up. Seemed like he'll be a good fit. Like you said, you don't need nobody to go get you a thousand and uh, every game a buck a buck fifty two touchdowns. You don't need that. Mm-hmm. You just need those, you know, th- right. th- those third down, third and second, third and fourth, you know, like those mm-hmm. positions. Keep moving the chains. Also, right. you mentioned Juwan Johnson. Do you think the Saints I hope I'm not stepping on your mock draft, but do you think the Saints should roll we have at tight end? Or if you think we find a tight end when we do it, or is that the purpose of full Wheaton as as far as a possession guy? Or do you think do we go on that tight end route as well? Because like I said, I like Juwan Johnson. And yeah. one more other question that I had was, was Shaheed playing a bigger role? Do we look for a, another returner, or do we trust him to do both? That's something I had to think about, too. Because if Shaheed doing this, he's supposed to be a return, man. And you know Hardy gone. Do we trust what we have as far as uh, Quan Baker or uh, uh, Merritt? Or do we go out and we find another speed guy in the draft or undrafted guy or – do we just let he do both? Like, how do we address that return game? You know. Well, I think at this particular time, you let you let he do both because he's not a he's not the a number one or number two receiver. He's more of that three or that four. You know. So now, if somebody was to get hurt, you might want to you know maybe take take away like maybe you know the kick returns or something like that from him because you're gonna r- rely on him to be able to make some of those plays. But right now. The way the pecking order is at the wide receiver position, or everybody's able body, uh, I think that you keep him uh, where he is. But like right. I said, if somebody was to go down, then you you bring him on. But but as far as the uh, the tight end uh, position, look, I, I put it to you like this: I don't think anything is going to happen until after the draft, anyway, because maybe the Saints are going into the draft. Maybe they feel like because okay, for the example. They were going to sign Foster Monroe, right? But unfortunately, you know, the the issue uh, with uh, Hopkins lymphoma, um, bless that brother, you know, they were going to, you know, they were going to sign him. So mm-hmm. I think that what the Saints are going to do, they, they're going to try to see if they can find maybe a tight end in the draft. And if they can't find a guy that they're happy and satisfied with, you might see other guys, you know, be able to step up. I mean, we still haven't seen what Lucas Crow can do. You know, we've seen like last uh all season during training camp he made some plays man so mm-hmm. maybe that can be the guy that can take a step forward um i, I think adam Troutman kind of shows some promise i think that i think that injury that he had in that cincinnati Bengals game when he was going in motion i think it was a lot more serious than they they made it seem you know mm-hmm. no no guy is going to go in motion like that and just collapse you know what i'm saying that ain't nothing seriously wrong with him like that like more times than not it, it's something serious uh underlining but I, I like the way that he has uh, evolved as a blocker and also Juwan Johnson's <laughs> ability to be a pass catcher. So I, I look at the I look at maybe the Saints looking at a tight end in some of these later rounds. Depends on like if they feel like, you know, a guy could be that a good fit, maybe in some of the earlier rounds. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that anything the Saints do is going to happen during the draft or after the draft, you know, when it comes to the tight end position. And if you don't see anything. If you don't see any movement from mm-hmm. the tight end, I think that's a testament to how 
how Lucas Carl has developed as a tight end. If you if you see like they might go into like uh, OTAs, minicamp, and stuff like that to see that. And if you don't see any movement at the tight end position, if they don't draft a guy, mm-hmm. then that means that Lucas Crawl maybe took that step forward that they wanted him to take. For sure. Appreciate it, man. Let's get out of here, TJ. One more thing before I go. Uh, mm-hmm. Trial member, if y'all watch them run plays, I mm-hmm. know we talked about them, but all them Taysom Hill power runs between him and Ramchek, them boys like the Twin Towers. That dude, he he moved that hole. He pushes him back. So yep. trial in that blocking, bro, it may, it goes on, it goes, probably goes without being recognized, but all them runs to the right. Just pay attention to pay attention to Troutman, bro. He he get that hole going between him and Ramchick. I'm liking that. So hopefully, man, we can just build off who we had last season and, and be optimistic, y'all. I mean, you know, I ain't gonna lie, Carolina making the moves, but like I said, you still gotta put the they probably a quarterback away from 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 challenging us like every year. But other than that, I, like we can't be scared of them, y'all. Because if we feel like we the best, then we got to play them eventually, right? So right. <laughs> so quick, we can't duck smoke. Stop yep. ducking smoke. A lot of people be scared in this free agency. Oh man, hey, look, bro. Nah, that's what we want. We say we the best. We the kings of the south. We gonna have to face them anyway. So we can't. Right. We gotta stop ducking smoke, y'all. But appreciate it, Tim. All right, no problem, chosen. You take it easy, man. You too. All right. Yeah. Uh, before I get to uh, Josh, hold on one second, Josh. Yeah, I just wanna, I just wanna say, um. Yeah, I mean, if you look at Adam Troutman, like that that big play was week one um, versus the Falcons. And that big run that Taysom Hill had, just go back and look. I mean, Adam Troutman was extremely instrumental uh, to that play breaking open, him and Ryan Ramchick. And I'm glad that uh, Chosen uh, mentioned that. You know, I think that – I think when we look at Adam Troutman, I, I think the expectations of what we thought he would be, I think that that is the frustrating thing. And that's why we just kind of just – you know, just dub him as like a, you know, a lost cause. But when you look at some of the qualities he has as a blocker and, um, you know, some of the things that he can do in the, in the run game, I think that you have to look at this guy and say, man, he, you know, he, he's a pretty, pretty good tight end. I think that when we start looking at tight ends as starters, we expect for them to be Darren Waller. We expect for them to be George Kittle. And that's a good thing, you know, if you got a tight end that can pass catch like that, uh, you know, those guys are some dogs, but you know, when you ha- when you have a tight end that can actually block, because that's really what their position really is about, you know what I'm saying? And blocking and also, you know, catching the ball as well. But it's it's not like a, a tight end is really designed to take over a game like that. Like you have a few that can take over a game. We've had one in the past with Jimmy Graham, but a lot of these tight ends, you know, if they if they taking over a game, that's what makes them so special. But I just think that when we see guys like Kittle, when we see guys like Kelsey taking over games, we expect for our tight ends to do the same thing. But that's not always the case. All right. Some guys are really good pass catchers and they're very instrumental to this, their team's offense. And then guys that are really good blockers and they'll probably catch a pass in the red zone like a Josh Hill did back in the day. And they're st- still extremely instrumental uh, to a team's offensive success. But we're going to go ahead and go to uh, Josh. Uh, Josh, how you doing, man? Hey, what's up, brother? How you doing? And I'm doing all right, man. Thank you for being a part of the show. Uh, what you got for us, man? Um, you can hear me on my mic, okay? Yeah, I can hear you, man. Okay, so before I get to um the Saints draft, there's a couple of things I want to address with you, TJ. Okay, what you got? Because for you're us? not wrong very often, but you're wrong about this stuff. Okay, what what you got? You're wrong about the uh the Ravens disrespecting Lamar Jackson. Okay. All and right. I will tell I will tell you all. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Why, why do you say that? 
Okay, because they are the Baltimore Ravens. See, the one thing you have not factored in Mm -hmm. is that the Ravens have proven over and over again that they can have big success without a superstar star quarterback. They Lamar is a superstar quarterback, no question. Top five or at least top six or seven, no question. Right. But the Ravens took Joe Flacco to the Super Bowl. Right. They know that they don't have to pay a superstar quarterback in order to be successful and even get to the Super Bowl. So from the Ravens' standpoint, they're just like, well, we don't have to pay. It's not an act of disrespect. Now, as far as the rest of the league disrespecting Lamar, you got a little bit more there, okay? Yeah. That, that's, that's a whole different thing. But the Ravens, they've been having big success with average quarterbacks for 20 years now. Mm-hmm. So it's understandable why they wouldn't want to pay Lamar, even though he is a superstar. They would probably do the same thing to Patrick Mahomes. Right. You know, so I just wanted to uh, address that with you, man, because I was thinking about that the other night. And and if this were any other team, yeah, but the Ravens, they know they can get places with average quarterbacks. So they're not going to pay a quarterback, no matter how much of a superstar he is. So I'll let you respond to that. Well, here's what I think about that. I think that when we start looking at teams, like we we look at their history and where they came from and and we, we factor that in. But it's almost like the Saints, for example, right? The Saints with Sean Payton and Drew Brees were a high-powered offense. With Sean Payton and Drew Brees, they were a high-powered offense. With Dennis Allen and Pete Carmichael, not so much. I think that when we look at the Baltimore Ravens, we we look at them and they have that, you know, that that stigma of being a really good, unstoppable defense, right? Like, and if you look at the Baltimore Ravens, though Josh over the last five to six years they're not the same defense they were when it comes to like Ray Lewis they're not the same one with Terrell Suggs they're not the same defense that when we watched them play the Pittsburgh Steelers you know it was like a knockout drag out brawl they they have they still a a formidable defense but they're more of a finesse team at this particular time and even though that may be their reputation you still have to understand that Guys change, teams change, coordinators change. And I, I watched my my fair share of the Baltimore Ravens last season. That is not the same defense. And you're not going to be able to maintain that level of success, you know, the same way that you once did. They have a bunch of they have okay, they just got Odell Beckham Jr. But a lot of the a lot of the offense of the Baltimore Ravens, you know, it is not the same way. You had Jacoby Jones that can take the top off the defense. This is during the time when it was there. You had, you know, you had some some really good, you know what I'm saying, tight end play. But it's not like that anymore. You know, their offense is different. Their defense is different. You have to take that into account. And when, if you look at the last couple of years of Joe Flacco, like, it was starting to waver off. And then Lamar Jackson comes in and he provides that spark. Now, I'm I'm just saying, man, when a guy shows you that he is a really talented player, when he wins a lot of games and when he, he can put a team on his back and, you know, no matter what the situation is, he performs at a high level, you have to take that into account. You can't just say, oh, we're the Baltimore Ravens and we're not going to pay this guy because historically we've we never paid a quarterback and we had Trent Dilfer and we had Alvis Gervais and we had like it, things change, man. You, you find... You have to take into account, like, okay, think about this. They had mediocre quarterback play all those years. But a- answer this question for me, Josh. What offensive player, what quarterback in that division 
was absolutely dominant during that time besides maybe, you know, maybe Roethlisberger. Cincinnati didn't really have too much, you know, they, they didn't have anything before Burrow came. I yes, mean, they did. They had a Keely Smith, the greatest quarterback of all time. Anyway. I mean, you had Andy Dalton, but I mean, you had so many different guys that were just average, right? So it wasn't like they had to account for like dominant offenses. Now you got guys like Joe Burrow. I mean, I don't know what Kenny Pickett is going to end up being towards the end of the season. He, I mean, he started to come come alive a little bit. And then, you know, I mean, you still got other guys, you know what I'm saying, within that division. So all I'm saying is you're going to have to be able to fight fire with fire. I, I don't think Deshaun Watson is going to be that terrible. You know, I think that he's probably going to be much better. These guys can put up points. And if you're sitting up here saying, okay, man, we had Joe Flacco, he was average. They're going to get you they they're going to blow you out. You got to have a quarterback that's going to be able to go toe to toe with Burrow. Go toe to toe with Deshaun Watson. I mean it's it's not the same way. The dominant defense the Baltimore Ravens had is a thing of the past. Number 1, even if they did have some of those guys, they couldn't even be that dominant anymore because of how the rules are set up. The rules are set up for the offense to score points and the defense to basically, you know, the you know, the not Touch a quarterback, not really physically tackle a wide receiver. So you have to take all that into account. I agree with what you're saying. Like, if this was uh, the NFL from 07, 08, I think that you can do that. But you have to account for the firepower at the quarterback position of each one of these teams in the AFC North. And you got to pay a guy like this because, I mean, he's so dynamic. And he can go toe-to-toe with some of the best in the North, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I mean, you gave you gave me a much better argument than I was expecting, but you always give good arguments, TJ. So, uh, you know, <laughs> props to you, man. Um, but as far as the Saints draft, right? Mm-hmm. I haven't been following the draft that closely, so I'm just going to jump on the bandwagon here and just say they just need to focus on the line. And if we get something mm-hmm. good at other positions like receivers, so be it. But right. We, we, we should really just focus on the line, 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 starting linebackers, backup linebackers, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and because we're basically set at everything else. Mm-hmm. I mean, our offensive line is better than people think it is. I think it's going to gel a lot better next year, but our defensive line still needs a whole lot of work. Right. Um, I agree with so, that. So, yeah. I mean, I really think every, um, like 70% of what the saints do in any round should be, um, should be line, defensive line based. And again, mm-hmm. this is not to say you completely shut other, other stuff out. If, if you get a chance to get a really good corner, get them. If, you, if, if a chance to get a really good receiver comes up, get them. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like stack the D line as much as you possibly can in this draft, um, you know, including like the rotation guys and everything like that. Right. And the rest of the team is already pretty well set. So mm-hmm. we should have some real good success this year. Right. Well, I, I agree with you about helping, you know, in, in addressing the defensive line. I, I, I often said this, and I, I'm going to continue to say it. I just think that they start a little bit too slow at the beginning of the season, getting pressure on a quarterback. And um, I think that they need a guy that can be, you know, that can set the tone. And uh, I haven't seen that, you know, over the last couple of years. Now, towards towards the end of the season, down the stretch, when it seems like the the chemistry is there and, it, it seemed like they're getting pressure then, you know, but I just think that the biggest issues that the Saints have faced over the last three to four years is the inability to start fast. Like you have to start fast. Your defense can't like 
you know, wait four and five weeks in order for them to be become elite. You <clears throat> you have to be able to set this tone early. And I think that that is one of the biggest issues that has plagued the New Orleans Saints. They end up finding themselves in a hole or being two and four or, or, you know, like two and two or something like that. Like they find themselves being in a hole and then all of a sudden they're trying to dig their way out of it. You know, trying to, you know, spend the the first four weeks figuring it out. They need to hit the ground running and you hit the ground running by understanding that you need help on the edge. You need to embark on the present day NFL. Not drafting just a guy because he has long wingspan. He's six 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 seven. Yeah, he may be six 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 seven, Josh. But is he getting to the quarterback? You know, like uh, is, does his motor continuously run hot, or you know, like this guy takes plays off? You got to be able to account for that. And I think it's too much of the the possibility of what a guy can be instead of what a guy actually is, especially when it comes to the first round. So hopefully the Saints can look at a guy for what he actually is. And what he has shown you in big moments throughout his collegiate career, and maybe that can translate to the pros versus, yeah, the guy showed me some sparks. Yeah, but, it, you know, he he got injured around week 11 of last season during the last year of his college career. But we can find we can we can build something with that. No, give me a guy that has shown on a high level that his motor runs high and he can give you what you need defensively and, and be that guy that you need him to be to possibly be that successor in case, you know, Cam Jordan decides to, to hang it up or you decide, you know, to move on from Cam Jordan next season. All good points, man. All good points. Uh, so, listen, I will let you go in a minute. So I just wanted to, to um, close out with some a couple of good positive personal announcements on my my, my half. Mm-hmm. Um, I have now crossed 150 pounds, so I've now lost more than 150 pounds. Now that's awesome, man. And congratulations yeah. to you, man. And um, I just closed, you know, I've been working on my grip strength. Mm-hmm. I just closed a gripper that is easily one of the top 15 hardest grippers in the world to close. So mm-hmm. I got some hands, buddy. <laughs> I, get my, I get a hold of you. You're done. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, no, I lost a lot of grip strength because, from when I got into my car crash. Mm-hmm. And so I started getting these grippers to um, get, get my grip strength back. And, and it's worked wonders, and I've gone beyond. I've got some serious grip power now. But um, Man, that's yeah, awesome, um, man. That's hey, awesome, was, man. We're talking about, we talking about uh, you know, moving the chains on third down. Maybe we can sign you. <laughs> sign me. Sign <laughs> me. Be the, be the chain mover. That, that is right there. We, we didn't solve the tight end position. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I'm your man. But, uh, hey, I wanted to ask you, can I um talk to you offline a little bit later? Because um the reason for that is I just ordered my very first green screen. I'm, mm-hmm. just, I'm not sure how to use those things. So if you could give me some help with that, that'd be okay. really cool. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I, that's about all I got for you today, I guess. Okay, man, that, that sounds good, man. And uh, like I said, just just let me know. You know, anything I can do to help, um, I'd be glad to do so, man. Okay, brother, thank you, thank you. All right, no problem. You take it easy. All right, bye. Right, yeah, yeah, man. Shout, yeah, shout out to it, man. I see a lot of people, you know, that's you know, trying, you know, starting channels and you know, doing the right things that need to be done to make sure that the the videos have high quality. You know, green screen is uh, extremely important, you know, like not, you know, green screen is important because, number one, you can project different things off of it. And um, also, like if you were to do some editing, it's much easier. You know, it's much easier to, you know, do edits when you working with a green screen than it is with actual background. Like, 
you know, so anybody that's out here, you know, that's uh, thinking about doing podcasting or or even like if you're, you're just, you know, taking pictures or something like that, photography, want to make sure that you have a green green screen background, you know, that'll be extremely helpful with that. Uh, before we get to uh, Jerry, I'm going to read a, a comment. It says, nah, I like the tight ends that can do both. The earliest tight end that can do that was Dicker. Those are the types I like, and there are a few good tight ends in this draft. Yeah, I mean, look, you you got a lot of good tight ends that can pass, catch, and block and stuff like that, but, man, it, it's such a rare find. Like, that's why you don't see too many of these guys actually doing it at a high level like a Kelsey or a Kittle, you know, like a, a Darren Waller. Like, you really don't see too many of those guys that just out here just doing it like that. When When teams find guys like that, you know, I mean, it is it's a rarity, man. And that's the reason why it's such a matchup nightmare. I mean, when when Graham was here, he was such a matchup nightmare because you can be able to line him up at, at receiver, you know, like him going <laughs> and him just going out there, catching a the ball, really good catch radius, good wingspan, good vertical leap. So when you got a guy like that, it's a plus. But they're, they're so they're so hard to find. I mean, it's so hard to find to have that guy with that animal instinct that can basically catch virtually anything like he is a wide receiver. But let's go ahead and go to Jerry. Jerry, how you doing, man? What is going on, TJ Jones? How you doing, my brother? Man, I'm doing just fine, Jerry. Thank you so much for being a part of the State of the Saints podcast. Uh, how you been, man? Been doing good, man. I'm just thinking about you when you're going to open up the phone lines again so we can uh, talk a little Saints talk. Yeah, man, it's, it's been a while, man, since I you know opened yeah. up the phone lines and stuff like that. Um, but definitely felt like it was, you know, right time to do it today. Uh, but we, man, we talked quite a bit about like some of the, you know, the mock draft, uh, some of the positions that the Saints may need to address. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, man, or or anything that you have on your mind right now? Well, 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 TJ. Uh, first, I want to talk about this, but before I do that, shouts out to everybody in the chat. Hope mm-hmm. everybody is doing well. Hope all is well. Right. But uh, I want to take you, but TJ, I want to take you back to uh, March the 6th. Mm-hmm. Now, everybody was talking about there's a possibility that we might get Derek Carr to come to New Orleans. Right, right. And I've been hearing about that. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then one, and then, and then that particular day, mm-hmm. I'm out and about, and uh, I mean, I mean, I mean, phones were just blowing up, text messages coming in. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, everywhere talking about we signed Derek Carr to four years. I'm like, wait a minute, hold on, what are you talking about? <laughs> Derek Carr, you talking about from the Raiders? Mm-hmm. He said, and he's like, yeah. I said, oh, and then everybody went on, everybody went out, went all out. TJ, mm-hmm. everybody went all out, mm-hmm. and every and, and now everybody was talking about a possibility we might draft. Hendon Hook, I like. I'm like before before we I go any further, TJ. Mm-hmm. I want I, 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 and for everybody that think that we're gonna get Hendon Hooker from Tennessee to be our future quarterback, I'm here to tell y'all that is not gonna happen because somebody else might get Hooker before we do. Right. And I agree. And and another thing, and 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 and, I, and, and the Saints did the exact right thing and not snatch. Aaron Rodgers or Lamar Jackson to be our next quarterback because, I mean, yeah, I mean, you have to wait like days and weeks and months to see what's the what's going to be Aaron's next move or Lamar's next move. The Saints say, you know what, we ain't going to worry about those quarterbacks. We're going to mm-hmm. go ahead and get Carr and sign him immediately. 
and they would and the Saints jump right on it and then right. then hesitate to take no time to get Carr to come to New Orleans and look mm-hmm. what we got right now. Right. Yeah. I mean, look, I think that the, the moves that the New Orleans Saints have made and some of the guys' willingness to come here had a lot to do with Derek Carr. Rather people like it or not. Like guys want to feel like they got a quarterback that can help them win. And um, you know, by him signing with the New Orleans Saints, I think that it made a lot a lot of guys more open to wanting to come and play with the New Orleans Saints and contribute. So mm. I, I look, I, I feel this way. Uh, let, there's a few things that that you said that I definitely agree with. Um, when it comes to Hendon Hooker, like I think that Hendon Hooker is a guy that is very underrated. I think people aren't really paying that much attention to him just because he got hurt. Uh, but look, this guy is an accurate passer. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a very knowledgeable quarterback. Mm-hmm. And I'd rather have a quarterback that comes into the league with a high completion percentage versus right. a guy with, oh, he, he got a lot of promise like an Anthony Richardson and the completion percentage ain't really there. And you just mesmerized by the fact he can throw the ball 75 yards or he can throw the ball so high he can hit the top of the roof. Like all <laughs> that stuff right there is that's fine. You know what I'm saying? That's cool. Yeah, like, for, for, for views and likes, mm-hmm. but talking with Hendon Hooker, like seeing how this dude operate, somebody is going to get a, a a really special quarterback. And if he goes to the right situation, I'm not going to say he's he going to be a dominant quarterback, mm-hmm. but he definitely can be a quarterback that could be your your franchise quarterback for you know for a decade. Like seriously, that that's how that's how good I feel like that guy is. But I don't think the New Orleans Saints are going to do it. I think the Saints are committed to Derek Carr. I think that when you're drafting Jerry, like the first two rounds and you're drafting a quarterback, you know, that that starting quarterback that you may have, his his ego might be a little bit touched by that. We've seen it happen with Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts. Uh, We've seen it with Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers. So I don't see the New Orleans Saints drafting a quarterback in the first two rounds. I would be shocked. I mean, absolutely shocked. If they was to do something like that, like it, it would, it would be shocking if I, if the Saints draft a quarterback within the first two rounds. Yeah, it would be a, a an immediate shock. But mm-hmm. and all and also not only that you signed Card to four years, but you also brought back Jameis Winston. Mm-hmm. And exactly. It, because he he wanted to stick around in New Orleans because he he like he he liked the uh the effort that's there. He like he right. liked it. He like what's going on over there, mm-hmm. and and you know what you know the signing of Carr and then the signing of, and then the signing of Winston to return. I mean that's a that's a big plus because, I mean because you, you're talking about you're talking about somebody that's going to take you to the next level. And I'm not and I'm not talking about Super Bowl right now. I'm just I just want I just want the Saints to have a successful winning season. Hopefully mm-hmm. make the playoffs or not. I just want them to do better. Yeah. That's the only thing I want out of them, TJ. Yeah. I think that if you don't see, if you don't see like a vast improvement of this team, I think that you really going to have to question like, is this the right, is this, is this the right um, front office for this? Because man, you look around, you look around, they're, they're not playing a first place schedule. Okay. I mean, you basically playing like a third place schedule next season it's not like you're playing the creme de la creme and i do understand that teams get better every single year mm-hmm. but 
the, the way that the schedule is set up for teams that may have what they call an unsuccessful season coming to the following season, it, it, they set you up for success. Like, okay, man, you, you, you didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, you're picking in the top 10 theoretically, but look, we're going to set you up. You, you get this quarterback, you get this running back, you get some receivers, and you can make the playoffs. If you're not, if you're not in the discussion, based on the quarterbacks, based on the teams that are in the NFC right now, I think that we have to we have to question like, is this the right group of individuals that are leading the Saints post Drew Brees, post Sean Payton? Like seriously, like I I, I know some people like, man, I, I don't care if we make the playoffs. I do. Because if they don't make the playoffs, man, I don't think they have the right. I don't think they have the right staff, and I think that's well. I think that's, I think that's well within our rights to say that. Right, and also, and before I leave, TJ, I, I do like the signing of Jamal Williams for three years. Mm-hmm. You know, with the still with the Kamara situation, you I mean you need somebody? You need a good running back, you know, to kind of carry that load if something happens to Alvin. Right. And Jamal Williams was the best pickup and running back that we got. He was the right. best pickup, I, and I, I, I like it. Yeah, that way you that way you have somebody mm-hmm. that'll go like like second and like three or third and one or something like that. And you got and, and, and Williams can do that. He can do all of that because I was watching yeah. film study of him when he was in Detroit. Right, and the dude's just the dude's just elusive, and I right. like that pickup. Yeah, I, I like it too, man. I, I think that is it, he's a tone setter. I think it's uh it, it tells us as fans and uh onlookers that this this team is trying to be physical. You don't you don't sign a guy like Jamal Williams if you just expect him to be like a style and finesse type team. I think that they're trying to be a little bit more physical. And I wouldn't just stop at Jamal Williams, Jerry. I, I wouldn't like if you look at Alvin Kamara, regardless to how this court situation pans out. I still feel like you may need to, well, not me. I still think they need to draft a running back because I, Alvin Kamara, even I, though he has played, he has, he has been injured. Like he, he dealt with a rib injury mm-hmm. a, a year before that he was dealing with a knee injury. Yeah. So what you have is a running back that has shown that he can miss some games and the saints have been, they, they signed uh, David Johnson. Uh, they signed uh, Edo Benjamin. They signed, uh, Latavius Murray. They they got mm-hmm. all these different guys that they had to fill in. They had to come in on a I mean on a Tuesday and be playing on a Sunday. And right, you need to get yourself some depth at that running back position. Yeah. And you get yourself a young bull, and you got Jamal Williams, and you got the veteran that is Alvin Kamara. I think that you will have yourself a really good uh, three three punch combination of guys that can do so many different things, and also. It, it 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 makes you prepared in case somebody was to go down, right? And and I want and I'm and I'm gonna say this right here, TJ, and I'm gonna jet out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter what, no matter what these idiots say out here, that's in the <laughs> world. No matter what they say out there, I'm gonna say this in closing: mm-hmm. the Saints deserve an automatic A plus from yours truly. I yeah. don't care what grade they put us at; they deserve an A plus from me. And that's all I got. Message. I agree with you, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree, man. They they definitely deserve uh, a better grade than what they gave them, which was a C. I, I don't know, man. I just think that look, in this in this they must be smoking media, something or drinking something, TJ. 
I, I don't even know if they're smoking or drinking something. I, I think I think Jerry, we live in a social media world where mm-hmm. outrage, the outrage is key, right? You know, because the outrage and you know, like putting controversial comments or controversial grades, it 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 grab it makes people gravitate to that particular post or that particular video. And people are going to make comments about it. And it's not even about being right. It's not even about doing research. It's not about any of that stuff. It's about how many people are looking at this. And I just think that the national media understands how passionate Saints fans are. They understand that. And they understand that Saints fans ride for their team. So they they purposely say Mm -hmm. these things to try to ignite this fire that Saints fans have because they know that Saints fans are going to come out and call them out on it. They don't care about it being called out. What they yeah, care right. about is you're retweeting it and calling mm-hmm. it out because it it, yep. it it helps them elevate their brand. So I, I would look, I take what they, they say with a grain of salt because I understand really honestly why they do what they do. A lot of them, you know, they don't follow the Saints. They don't follow the Saints. They don't know Saints football like that, but they know that the Saints have a very passionate fan base. And uh, if they don't believe it, look, look no further than what the Saints fan base did with Nick Wright. I mean, that, that oh. just tells you everything you need to know about the passion of New Orleans Saints you mean, fans. You mean Nick Wright, TJ? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that, that right there shows you, like, the passion that the Saints fans have. And if you, if you exactly. call out their team or you question any moves that they make, mm. like – you better come with it and you better come prepared or if not, they're going to call you out on it. No doubt about it. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But Jerry, thank you so much. Appreciate you uh, chiming in. Uh, you got anything else before you go? No, nah, TJ, that's all I got for right now. And I'm just happy to, happy to talk to you and good to see you and good. Hope all, all is well with you and the family and shout out to everybody in the chat. Hope all is well with y'all and your family and friends. And then, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and I pray for y'all every day. Yeah. Also, yeah, man. And, send, and, send, and send a special prayers up to the people up there in, in Rolling Fork, Mississippi. I yeah, mean, man. We, saw, we saw what happened up there. And yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry to hear about the loss for your, uh, some of your friends, TJ. So my prayers yeah. go out to, and condolences go out to that family as well. Yeah, man. I, I appreciate that, man. Thank, thank you so much. And uh, we, yeah, we definitely continue to pray for those those beautiful and wonderful people out there in Rolling Fork, Mississippi. Uh, Jerry, thank, thank you so much. And uh, call back anytime, man. Yes, sir, TJ. You take care. Y'all have a blessed one. All right, you too. All right. All right. Yeah, and uh, shouts out once again to Rolling Fork. Uh, I know they uh, they had the funeral uh, services uh, for uh, my my former coworker, Ms. Uh, Wanda Early Kelly, um, this past weekend. Um, man, I, I tell you, man, I, I gotta I gotta kind of remove myself from that type of situation, man. Just looking and knowing that I, I just know all those individuals that, that went through that, that's hurtful. You know, that, that's definitely hurtful to, to know that. And, you know, but man, my prayers continue to go out to those fine folks, man. They, 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 you know, according to every, you know, everything that I heard, you know, they're supposed to get assistance, you know, from the, the government and stuff like that. Hopefully, you know, the government stands by their word because those are beautiful people out there, man. And, um, they didn't deserve what happened to them. They didn't. And if, uh, you know, if that happened, I would hope that, you know, they get together and help those individuals pick up the pieces. Cause that's what, that's what this world 
supposed to be about. But let me go ahead and uh, finish it up. We got Money Mick. Money, what's going on, man? How you doing? Hey, man. How you doing? Good afternoon. Yeah, good afternoon to you, man. Thank you for uh, chiming in here on the State of the Saints podcast. Uh, what, what you got for us? Hey, man, no problem, man. I've been waiting on a, uh, this this open phone call show for like, sheesh, man, for like forever, man. You don't know how much we love this, man. We really do. You know, hey, between hey, the hey, hey. yeah. I, let me let me just say this, man. Like, I had issues with the with the soundboard for I don't know how long, and I haven't really been doing shows at home because I'm kind kind of remodeling my office at home. So I, I kind of want to just kind of you know, reserve that until when the season starts. So I finally got the soundboard fixed here at the station. So hopefully we can, we'll have more uh, phone calls and open line uh, conversations like this going forward. But uh, yeah, go ahead, man. Man, most definitely, man. Like I said, we, we, we Saints fans, we appreciate this, man, especially with the Nick Wright debacle when all this happened, you know, that, that boy was losing his mind, boy. Yeah, man, he'd have lost it, man. It's, it's gone. Hey, man, so, so just to kind of get into it real quick, um, mm-hmm. One of the things that is that is cool about this draft and what this right. coaching staff is, um, they're going to draft a little bit differently. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when Sean Payton was here, Sean Payton had time to develop players to basically, you know, go with the thing that was, that was a little uncertain, you know, a Payton Turner or a Davenport. This time right. around, you know, we know Dennis Allen knows they don't have much time, so we can at least be certain that we're going to get, you know, the for sure thing or as for sure as you can be. You know what I right. mean? When it comes to drafting players. So, you know, these guys know they don't have a lot of time. Um, I think, man, you know, in the first round, I can see us drafting maybe a D- defensive end, a D lineman. I can I can see that kind of happening early on. Mm-hmm. What I would like to see happen, I think I mentioned this to you once, I'm not sure, but I would really like to see Peyton Turner gets moved to the inside and we draft a more athletic defensive end um, for the outside. I just feel like he has that bigger frame. I watched him when he was at my alma mater, Houston, um, Mm-hmm. Has a big frame, man. I think he'll be really, really good and run support and kind of rushing from the interior. But that's just, you know, just my opinion of it. Yeah, uh, I agree. I mean, he he, he plays some uh, a little bit of some interior out there. So, I mean, he, he has experience playing both inside and outside. And looking at him, like the last time I seen him, I think it was maybe like a week ago. Um, I saw that you know he, he seemed like you know he's a he's a larger guy. Seemed like you know he, he got a little weight on, like he close to three hundred. So. I, yeah. I agree with you. I think that you need to work and see what he can do on the inside. Yeah, I remember. I remember you and you and I talked, and we were, you know, we were like, man, we kind of want to get these more athletic pass rushers. But during Dennis right. Allen, uh, during the coaching meeting, right. um, during the regular NFLPA, he was saying how he, you know, the Saints have always kind of drafted these bigger guys because, like you were saying, that matches kind of what happens in our division. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's why they draft these kind of lengthier and longer guys. So, I think they may still continue that trend. Um, I think a position of need nobody's really talking about. I think we still got to be kind of looking for linebackers. I know we have that uh, guy yeah. for uh, we, we got him in the fifth round last year, but I think he's more like a pass rusher. I can't, I'm, I'm, I'm blanking on his name. You're talking um, about DeMarco Jackson. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Linebacker yeah. out of Appalachian State. Yeah. Yeah. But man, I, I hate to say it, God forbid, um, you know, DeMario has been an Iron Man for us, but you know, he is kind of getting up in age. And mm-hmm. so you kind of like to see the Saints draft a position, uh, you know, another middle linebacker just to kind of develop um, over the next year or so. I think mm-hmm. QB, I think you did a great analysis. I'm glad that you were talking about Clayton Toon because not a lot of people are mentioning him. Like I said, out of my, out of modern. 
but I can see him getting picked up by us in the third or fourth round, and I wouldn't be mad at that at all. Right. Um, you know, that guy, man, he's 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 big, strong arm, but I've also seen him make intermediate throws as well. Um, mm-hmm. He's a big physical guy, you know, and that's, that's something the Saints could use. I think um, I think Derek Carr may have maybe two, three great years left. And, you know, you just kind of want to have that security blanket, man, you know, um, just kind of, you know, some kind of future development, you know. Right. Uh, lastly, I'm glad that you mentioned Lucas Frawl because, mm-hmm. uh, man, Adam Troutman ain't it, man. <laughs> I, I, I don't see it. I don't see it getting any better, man. And I just – I kind of miss having that dynamic, you know, pass catching tight end, you know. Um, man, not, and I hope Lucas Carl coming around. If not, man, I can see maybe fifth round you go get – go get yourself another tight end, um, you know, big body tight end. That can, that can also pass catch. I think we got enough run blocking tight ends, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I look at it, man. Look, I just think that the expectation of what Adam Troutman was supposed to be, like, I think that we look at it that way. Like, and we, I, I don't know. Like, I look at Jawan Johnson. Jawan Johnson is your pass catching tight end. But you, it's like you had Benjamin Watson, right? You you had like Kobe Fleener. You had like guys like that that were supposed to be like your pass catchers, and then you had Josh Hill, right? Josh Hill yeah. was your, your pass blocker. He was your red zone guy. You know, like he was a guy that you know for some apparent reason the same play always seemed to work where he would you know catch the ball down the right <laughs> sideline every yeah. single time. You yeah. know, what I'm saying put you to go like that was your guy, and I think that Adam Troutman has become that guy. And I, I look, I have no problem with it. Like I can understand like if he was out there, like just getting like, you know, pushed back flat on his behind. But a lot of what I see when it comes to the run game, a lot of what I see, like when it comes to like opening up big, big holes and opportunities, he has something to do with it. So yeah. it's hard for me to sit up here and just be like, Oh man, we need a new one. I just think that, okay, if we, if you can get yourself a, a tight end, like George Kittle or like a Kelsey who who never had to lead a field. Awesome. But I just think that those guys are so special because there's, you don't see too many of them out there. So I'm not mad. I'm not mad at Adam Troutman because he ain't giving me 70 catches a a, a season. You know, I'd be mad even worse. Like if he wasn't giving me 70 catches and he was just basically whiffing on blocks every single time. So he's giving he's giving you what you need as a tight end, as a, a pass blocking and a run blocking tight end. But maybe, you know, if you want to get like a pass catcher or something like that, I can understand. But Juwan Johnson has really been coming on. So think about this. I feel like if you was to get a guy like that, then what would happen with Juwan Johnson? He probably wouldn't That's, see the field. That is true, man. You know what it is? We, we're impatient. We're still looking for Jimmy. That's that's bottom line. The same price. Right. We're looking for Jimmy, man. We've been looking for Jimmy for years. And right. I would I would like to see them use Jawan Johnson more. I never understood why Sean Payton. It's like when Sean Payton knew he had talent, he always for some reason kind of like, kind of slowed him down a little bit or didn't you know slow the development a little bit. I would have loved to see Jawan Johnson get used more um, when Payton was there. But yeah, you're right. He is coming on. Um, yeah. I just like I said, man, we still looking for Jimmy, and that's that's the issue that most Saints fans we have. You know, we just want that explosive kind of guy that, you know, makes big plays and kind of do everything. So we'll see. This this will be, you know, the first year of Jawan Johnson with Derek Carr. And right. maybe that's maybe that's a huge difference um, that he can make. But one more thing I want to run by you 
Mm-hmm. I mentioned this to you on Twitter. What I'm wondering is maybe, just maybe, we've been a little bit too hard on Pete Carmichael. And the reason I say that is because Pete's been under Sean Payton for years. He has, he knows Sean Payton's offense. He he knows he can run that offense. But what right. I'm wondering is what we see with a lot of defensive coaches, defense when they're defensive head co- coaches, they often like their offense to be conservative to kind of balance out their defense. This is something right. that's, you know, they kind of like these tough nose offenses, um, running the ball, not turning the ball over uh, much on on offense and kind of, you know, you got to get these low scoring games. And I'm wondering if Dennis Allen kind of kept the leash on P. Carmack as, as far as the ability of what he can do. That's what I'm wondering. Mm. Um, you know, when I kind of went back and looked through um, pretty much every game last year, I'm, I'm kind of wondering the thing where we kind of shot ourselves in the foot. We never had that true identity. And when we're turning the ball over, it kind of throws things off. So I'm wondering, and, and most games last year were nip and tuck. Right. So I'm wondering if that was um, kind of Dennis Allen's philosophy, like, hey, you know, we're only running this, we're only running these type of plays, you know, kind of high percentages plays. Like he didn't let him fully kind of blossom to what we could have been. I'm wondering. I mean, that's an interesting point. You know, I, I think that when you look at the Saints and a lot of the injuries that they sustain on the offensive side of the ball, and you look at Dennis Allen, um, him being a defensive-minded coach, he probably was looking at the defense being a catalyst for the team. And, you know, maybe just looking at Pete Carmichael as, okay, man, look, let's just bend but not break. Okay, if, you know, like y'all can't get the third down, let's go ahead and punt and let's just play a defensive game. But I also think – I also look at that and I also just look at – I look at – and I, I've been saying this for a while now. When I look at Dennis Allen last year, you had a lot of guys that were a part of that coaching staff that he didn't hire. Like he was like it was just a plug and place type thing, type deal, right? So I think that it was more so like him trying to make the right decision, him trying to make sure that you know he keep the thing afloat. Um, last season without, you know what I'm saying, a bunch of like back talk, man. If it was me, if it was third down and five, I would have went for this, that, and the third. This year, I feel like, I, I I think that this year you're probably going to see a little bit more aggressiveness from the offense, a little bit more, uh, you know, I, I don't think that you're going to see too, too many ch- times where they're not going to be as aggressive because I think that this year, you, you can tell the way that Dennis Allen – is approaching this season, the way that he's talking to the media, the way that he's talking about players is completely different than what it was last season. It's like last season he was just trying to be, you know, a little bit political, saying the right things. This season it seems like, you know, this he he has this, this mind frame like this is my team and we're going to do things my way and he's more comfortable within himself. He doesn't have to prove anything anymore. Like, okay, yeah. man, I'm going to prove that I'm the right guy for the job he's the right guy for the job because the majority of the people that's on his staff now, he appointed. So they, 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 they're going to fall in line. So I think like last year was more so about what would be the right thing to do in this situation. What are the analytics going to prove to us? I think that he is probably going to give P Carmichael more, you know, more opportunity to run the offense the way that he wants to run. But at the same time, I do feel like if you're going to run the offense, like Sean Payton, uh, uh, be a disciple of Sean Payton, I don't think that you have to have too many of Sean Payton qualities because I can't remember exactly who called in, but they made a very interesting point, right? 
getting guys who fit a certain mold, right? You know what I'm saying? A guy who is a playmaker. They ain't, you ain't just drafting a guy because he can run a 4-2 and he can take the top off the defense, and that's all you count on him to do. You're going to have a bunch of guys, to me, that are going to be able to do a multifaceted thing. So that opens up endless possibilities for a guy like P. Carmichael. So I, I think that's what you're saying when it comes to, like, P. Carmichael. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if, you know, last year is oh, it was more like Dennis Allen stopping him or just the fact that he just wasn't good enough. But this season, I think that if it doesn't pan out, I think we pretty much know exactly what we got in P. Carmichael. Yeah, I think I think so too, man. I think Derek Carr, you know, although like you know, like you were saying with the Derek Carr and Jameis Winston's comparison, I'm I'm not a fan of how they did Jameis Winston at all. Um, mm-hmm. But I do think Derek Carr, you know, statistically he's about he's very similar to to Jameis Winston. The difference is. I think he's he can be a little more clutch or a little more conservative, and sometimes you need that. Sometimes you need you know he doesn't you don't need to go for the deep pass all the time, or you know you can take the high efficiency throws, and I think that may fit a little bit more um, what the Saints is doing. Also, he has more games under his belt as a starter, and yep. so that experience that experience comes there um, to where I, I feel like automatically the offense is going to be better. And the biggest competition we have right now is the Panthers with right. them rebuilding. But I think man of the Saints, I'm, I'm gonna put it like this. We know Dennis Allen is the type of guy, as far as with his players, as far as we can see, he has to go for the certain, for sure thing. He's not right. the, the developmental guy. He doesn't have time for it. And right. so, like you were saying, even with his coaching staff, he can't develop his coaching staff. He has to go with what he feels is for sure. Um, and so I feel like if everything's kind of in line, everything's, you know, falling in place, he has that, that certainty in his staff, then maybe he can trust these guys to kind of make the decision Trust Ronald Curry with the development uh, of the QBs. Trust Pete Carmichael a little bit more. Um, you know, maybe things he can just kind of focus a little more on defense. Like, he, we kind of we kind of almost got to keep the realms on him. Like, we can't have these high expectations. Like, he's just going to develop these guys and just be this great leader. We kind of almost it, – like, it almost has to be all perfect, you know. Right. Um, and I think, man, I think we're a little bit closer to that this year. Well, you know? well, I'll I put it to you this way. Um Last season, you can kind of make an excuse for Dennis Allen. Like, man, it wasn't really his coaching staff. It was more like plug and play, like I like I just mentioned. This season, you 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 can't say that anymore. Yeah, you, you can't. Like, like, this is to me. This is the last year in which people are just going to be like, okay, you know what I'm saying? Let's see what this guy has. After this season, no matter what the New Orleans Saints do, no matter who they bring in. No matter, I don't care if they get one of the most highly touted free agents or they get the most short thing quarterback that you ever seen if the Derek Carr experience don't pan out. If if Dennis Allen does not have the Saints in playoff contention, there is nothing that they can do to convince a Saints fan that he's the guy. Like, seriously. Like, they might yeah. as well just ball it up, throw it in the trash. Like, they're, the Saints fans will never trust Dennis Allen fully. And, and, they, and they have to know that. And I think I think that's the reason why they're making the decisions. That's the reason why they went out here and got Derek Carr. That's the reason why they're out here trying to get athletic uh, interior linemen like Saunders and, and, and Shepard. They're getting those guys because they understand that this this is this is make a break right here. This is make a break. There yeah, is no I, like make. There is no there is no reason why the New Orleans Saints shouldn't make the playoffs. Like, you can be a 6th seed, a 7th seed, but there is no reason 
based on how the NFC looks right now, based on the quarterback play, based on like who is like the top quarterbacks within his position, the Saints defensively and what they have shown should be able to neutralize any quarterback in this division, in this conference, yeah. period. And if you can't yeah. do that, then there's nothing that you can bring or nothing you can say to the Saints Saints fan base that's going to convince anybody that Dennis Allen uh, is good enough to lead this team going forward. Yeah, I agree, man, 100. You know what? You know, one of the things that, that kind of confused me, too, I've always wondered how come they didn't give Doug Marone a chance at play calling um, <laughs> over P. Carmichael. Because I'm like, you have the experience there. You have... Yeah. You know, he used to be a head coach. I, that's, right. This is a little curious to me, but, man, you, you, you're absolutely right. This is make or break year. And, uh, man, we can't take another year of medi- mediocrity, man. No, I, you can't. Yeah. You, you can't. can't. That's you, it. This, yeah, this is it. Can't. Hey, last last thing. I wonder, do you think maybe later on in the draft or on draft that you go get yourself another kicker to kind of put pressure on Will Lutz, too? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, stay tuned for the next couple episodes of this. Because... <laughs> Yeah, I definitely, man. Look, that you kind of stealing my fire with that one, but yes, yes, I, I, I definitely wholeheartedly agree that they need to do something about that. But like I said, I got a, I got an episode in the future that that talks about that in detail. No, man, no I'm, doubt about it, though. One hundred percent. I'm gonna let you have it, man. I can't wait, man. Hopefully, you do another one of these on draft night, man. That's gonna be interesting. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. That hey, I had, I had an opportunity like to go to the NFL draft. But you know, like I said, I I enjoy like doing the live reaction show. This will be our well, I think our third year doing this, man. So we yeah. we definitely gonna be live on draft night, uh, you know, um breaking down the NFL draft. So if you're not doing anything, man, make sure that you stop by. Oh man, I, I would love to, man. That Caesar Ruiz rant is is forever uh, <laughs> <laughs> gonna be a part of this, oh, this state of the Saints podcast history, man. Yeah, hey man, that was that was one of my most legendary rants right there. One I actually enjoy. Like I I really I really have an issue like going back and like watching myself, but that one right there, man. That that one right there was something I, I even enjoy. So <laughs> yeah, boys thought we was about to get a quarterback. Well, I remember yeah. that Lamar draft. We thought, oh, we about to go get Lamar. Oh son. my goodness. Oh Mark my is goodness. Davenport. Davenport. <laughs> yep. Yeah, man. But hopefully, hopefully we don't. Hopefully we have like a draft like how we did last year, man, where, you know, we got Chris Olave and everybody was happy about it. But, I mean, the difference with this one, Mick, like you, you can't really get mad at any direction they go in, right? Because it's not like it, – it's it's certain needs that they have, but if they were to draft a certain guy, it's like, yeah, you know what I'm saying, they, they can use help on, on every side of the ball, offense, defense. Like, so yeah, it, it's man, wide I, open. I know you got to go, man. One thing I just want to leave, leave food for thought. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you said this or not, but man, this has been on my mind. Mm-hmm. We really, really, I think Trevor Penning, we should slide him in that guard. Oh, yeah. And because I, dude, I look, I'm not trying to put no, no bad jinx out there, but how aggressive he is, I just hope this dude doesn't get us a penalty or something in a big time moment for doing too much. Nice. And, I, and, and we know um, that he struggles oftentimes with like smaller pass rushers coming mm-hmm. off the edge. So, I, man, he would be fantastic like as a guard and um you know i forgot who this, who's the guy we had at uh left tackle last year um, oh you're talking about uh james hurst james hurst man yeah keep james hurst there or maybe draft yourself somebody but i think mm-hmm. man i think we really should have considered that you know that i think he'll be man he'll be outstanding there because i've never been a fan of andres pete you know but 
Uh, <laughs> Andre Reed is, is soft, man. I'm sorry. He does well in run blocking, man. But man, yeah, you talk about potential wasted. Yeah. But anyway, man. Yeah, I, I think that like I agree with you. I've mentioned that before. You know, I, I mean, it's I don't think it's considered popular opinion, but I just think that his his mindset, his motor, his ability to maul people off, <laughs> you know, maul people like he does. I think that he will be a good fit at, at the guard position, but. We'll see, man. I mean, look, he had some injuries last season. You know, it kind of stunned his growth a little bit, you know, in that position. We've seen some positive things. He got better every game. So we'll see what, what they decide to do, man. But, I mean, I, I definitely agree. You know, um, you definitely want to uh, keep a guy like that on the field. But yeah, where yeah. you put him is uh, is imperative, uh, you know, going forward. But, uh, Mick, thank you very much. Thank you very much, man. I appreciate the call. Call back anytime, man. Yes, sir. Take care, my friend. All right, you too. Yeah, I mean, look, there's so many things the Saints can do with the NFL draft this season. Like, there's so many, you know, I don't, I look at this draft, it's not like a couple of years ago where the Saints just desperately needed a corner, right? Or like, you know, they desperately needed some help on offensive line. Like, it, it's, it's like it's wide open. Like, they addressed a lot of these positions that they needed to fill and they got it some some guys that were they're the like they just given the opportunity they can seize it but they haven't gotten the opportunity to show what they have i like that but it also opens up the endless possibilities like you don't just have to go in one direction and i i, I have to give the saints credit with that you know the saints have really done their due diligence and really have been signing guys that that are an upgrade for the guys that they lost. I can respect that. Marie, a few more, and then we're going to go ahead and get up out of here. Uh, let's see. It says, uh, time started existing after the Big Bang. The first uh, smartwatch was created. What are we talking about here? <laughs> uh, let's see. All possibilities, but I think Hooker will still be there. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think I think you, you not take into account how good that guy actually is. Uh, that guy is really good. Somebody is gonna, somebody gonna draft that guy. And all the reason why he ain't really just out there right now, and people aren't paying that much attention to him because of the injuries, and he's not able to do a lot of things right now. But I'm telling you, like I think that if he was upright, never got injured, this whole Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, uh, Richardson experience, I don't think that those guys would be getting talked about as much as Hendon is. Uh, that was the first time we can remember in a while that we wanted someone and went out <laughs> and got them, which we've heard DA say that twice. We wonder if we'll get to hear those words again. Well, we'll see. I think that the Saints aren't going to really spend too much time on trying to get projects. I think they're going to spend time trying to get guys that are considered a sure thing. And I think that if the Saints like somebody, like we've seen, like they, they will do everything they possibly can to bring them in. I mean, it started last year with Deshaun Watson, even though it didn't work out for him. Uh, they did everything they possibly could do before, you know, Cleveland snuck in in the, the, the late night hour and, and got him. But the Saints were really trying to aggressively pursue this guy. So with that, I think that, you know, it's a continuation of what they did last season. So there we go. There we go, man. Um, Slim says, I, I have a, uh, a feeling that the Saints – will trade up in the draft because if the Saints want a player, they go get them. Yep. And that's the reason why I, I had the Saints 
you know, selecting Nolan Smith. I think that's Nolan Smith could be that guy for the New Orleans Saints. And if the Saints feel like he is that guy to be the future of this franchise when it comes to the pass rush, they're going to get him. No doubt about it. But I want to say thank you all for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. Shouts out to everybody that chimed in. Shouts out to Chosen. Uh, shouts out to Josh. Shouts out to Jerry. Shouts out to Money Mick. Uh, shouts out to all the individuals that that chimed in uh, to the show. Uh, I promise we're going to have more shows like this uh, going forward. Um, and, uh, you know, I, mean, I enjoyed this, man. It's been a while since I had an opportunity to talk to everybody and hear what you all have to think. But, uh, you know, we're going to continue our talks about the Saints mock draft here on the State of the Saints podcast channel. Uh, part number six, we're going to be focusing in on round numbers, uh, you know, round number seven. You know, um, Round number seven, the New Orleans Saints have two seven-round picks. Uh, what are they going to do with those picks? Uh, we're going to find out. And um, I, I look forward to talking to you all about that. Uh, feel free to always chime in, you know, um, whatever round. You feel like, uh, you know, so I'm pretty sure some of you probably did those uh, – simulation drafts uh you probably have somebody drafting in the seventh round or fifth round feel free to always comment and, and let me know what you think and why did you decide to go with that individual uh, also subscribe to the channel which is youtube.com search the state of the saints podcast network also check check us out on facebook.com under the same name state of the saints podcast network hit that like button on your way out uh you can also follow yours truly on twitter at tjay jones eight and previous episodes available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor FM, and also on Megaphone, because we are a part of the Belly Up Media Podcast Network. Make sure that you follow Belly Up on Twitter uh, and make sure that you let those guys know that you enjoy the State of Saints podcast. And if you're a fan of the NFL, there's also different uh, teams that are represented on that channel. If you're a sports fan, there's sports uh, talk for anything that's going on, no matter what. Uh, type of sports that you're into check out belly up media uh they definitely have something for you till next time all i gotta say is who that